0: Recording um, the "Hey Ladies" episode, and I'm in Las Vegas with uh, Shay uh, San Juan. Shay, but uh, your maiden name is Shay Montante. Yes. Am I saying that right? Yes. I'm a little confused because you're a beautiful uh, Filipina. Am I saying that right too?
1: I hope so. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: but you have a your, your um, last name is Italian, but your grandmother was Spanish.
2: Yes.
1: Wow. But grandmother on my mother's side is Spanish and okay. then uh, I don't know how we found out my last name was Italian. My dad said he got a phone call from someone that was researching family trees and we were related to them and they told him that it's Italian last name.
0: Are they the people who were during the research uh, uh, were they Italians live in Italy or who were they contacting?
1: They were contacting my father. I say. And they had the same last name and they're saying yeah it's an Italian last name. Wow. But yeah.
0: And you I met you through, now, your husband Edwin Samuel, very funny, uh, great guy, um, uh, just was the, the best ranked 2015 Las Vegas strip mm-hmm. comedian of the year. Well deserved, well done Edwin, and uh, I met you through him obviously. Three years mm-hmm. ago, I think, um, Fluffy, Gabriel Galicia's Comedy Festival, I was uh, surprised to be part of the show because I'm filthy, but it was great meeting you. And I I was a little tentative talking to you because you're beautiful. You're very nice, innocent. And, um, you know, I have such a filthy background. So I I Mm -hmm. was always worried by my friend's um, wife -hmm. and girlfriend. I make sure I don't say anything offensive. But you were never judgmental. You've always been nice to me. But you have a very interesting um, work history yeah So we want to talk a little bit more about it, and uh, i I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I was very surprised when you told me, you yes, know? Yeah. I
1: remember this conversation because I was still pregnant, and um you're like, "Oh, I thought you were a teacher
0: <laughs> yeah, like you look like librarian, a doctor, a lawyer, or you know like not that you couldn't be that, but um, mm-hmm. um, so before we jump in and, and it would be a surprise to the listener, you were born and raised in San Diego area, yes, yeah, and what were you like as a kid um,
1: um, I was very shy A mm. very shy kid I was always attached To my mother's leg I never really Talked to anybody And when she would Bring me over To her, friend, to her friend's houses I was the kid That would sneak Into your room And clean your house Wow Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why But I, I always had A thing for organization
0: Right Which is great uh, yeah. For Edwin Um, (laughs) Were you the only child in your family Or you have siblings
1: Yes, I have siblings I have a sister who's a year younger than I am And then I have a brother who's six years younger than I am I'm the oldest I see Mm -hmm. So you
0: were growing up And I'm assuming like most uh, Filipinos I know uh, probably Catholic Went to church and things like that yeah And um, what was it like growing up in San Diego Were they pretty friendly to Asian Americans in general in San Diego
1: Yeah yeah, I feel like they were pretty friendly, but it's it's a generous mixing pot considering that uh, it's a military town. So there's people from all over the world, right? And it's it's lightly touristy. I think it's even more touristy now. So there's there's a good mix of people there.
0: It's it's a very beautiful place, and it's also very famous for San Diego Comic Con during summertime. Yes, it's, it's just. I mean, it's already a beautiful place, so everyone would go there, but it's just, you know, you you grew up there. It's crazy how many people show up to San Diego Yes. uh, summertime. Um, So I I, I don't remember how uh, you you met Edwin through one of the comedy shows, I think, if I remember right. Yeah. Yeah, and when you told me uh, what you did, um, I I was surprised. So you want to talk a little bit about um, how did you... Made a transition to the uh, uh, unusual, I guess, work. It's not unusual for me because I've worked yeah. in this business a long time. <laughs> you got me, right? Yeah. We,
1: <laughs> um, Oh my gosh, I don't even. Like, I've been doing it since I was 18. I've always been a part of the adult industry since, like, the day I turned 18. Like, the day I turned 18, I went to do an amateur night at Deja Vu, and then I won, and I just ended up working there.
0: But, I mean, um, w- w- Did you grow up in very uh, conservative and and did your parents talk about sex education, things like that with you?
1: Never. Never? No. Mm -mm.
0: And I, I noticed that's like a consistent thing where a shy girl, ironically, usually got into that, you know, trying to break that
1: that mold Mold, or kind of I felt like for me because I was shy it was more like living a different like a character life sure and so like a lot of my friends and family didn't know what I you know what I did for work and so to them they saw me as probably how you saw me as well as someone a little more matronly yeah um but then I was able to have this other life and this other character which was also a part of me and live it anonymously
0: because I think we, before we recorded, we, you were kind of laughing that the one of the manager manager that used to manage Cheetah uh, is a former uh, wrestler, name yes. named uh, Charles Wright, who used to call himself Godfather. He, he used to have group of women walk up to the stage when he was wrestling. He called the whole train and things like that. But <laughs> but he managed the Cheetah um, Club, I think, in San Diego and okay. as well as Vegas and. You were saying, like, what's the connection between strippers and wrestler? But to me, they both do, like, amazing things with their body and physicality, you mm-hmm. know, and complete control on the pole. I mean, people think that's easy. You have no. to have a lot of upper body strength to do yes. that, you know? So it, it, it's a physical feat, you know? So mm-hmm. um, I find it really interesting. So, like, like wrestler, you had this character. But when did you realize, like, I mean, obviously, you didn't think about Davey 418, and, like, soon as you, you turn 18, like, okay, this is what I want to do. You've kind of been thinking about that, right? I mean,
1: Oh, yeah. Like, I had a very interesting group of friends in high school, and we were just like, when we turn 18, we're going to be strippers and rule the world. And so, <laughs> that's what... So, you guys were already
0: talking about that? Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Did they do it, or... or um,
1: yeah, we both ended up doing it. Three of us. It was three of us. We all ended up doing it. Of mm-hmm. course... Uh, the one friend she ended up doing it for like a week and was like this is not for, for me her. Yeah. and then the other one she ended up developing well she already had a ready developed drug habit and went to jail and stuff and um, God bless her she's doing well now but uh, we're the only ones that actually went through with it but oh. I took it to a different level
0: so you guys um, are we all same race or diff- uh, different different
1: we're all different um, she was Irish and then my other friend was Vietnamese and then okay. I'm Filipino
0: okay so you guys, uh, this is kind of similar to what boys in high school do. Like, hey, let's join Army together. You know, then they turn 18, they do it. Or they go to college and let's play football whatnot. But so you guys decide to do this. And were you scared when you did it first time? Because, you know, how do you, it's not like you could go to school and teach yourself. Or you just kind of threw yourself in, in in the ring, shall we speak, like wrestling, right? And, uh, yeah, pretty
1: yeah. much. Um, I, I wouldn't say I was scared but it's kind of like the same feeling to me as like doing stand-up like before you go up you get those nerves but sure. then it's like liberating you go up there and you're just like yes
0: i forgot uh, in addition to being an amazing mother and wife shay's an actress and a stand-up comedian very funny and she performs quite a bit with uh, edwin and she also does other shows outside of the strip as well so mm-hmm. um i forgot to mention that too um so so you knew right away that you were going to make profession out of it? Cause, um, so you just knew that so you, you threw yourself into it? Yes. Yeah. So you do a contest, you win a competition. What happened after that? I mean, wh- what's the next phase of the career?
1: Um, well, this is strange because uh, in San Diego, you need a license. And I never got my license, so I was a stripper, but I never took my clothes off. So I was like, I would just, I guess, go-go dance. Quote, unquote, I'm doing bunny ears. Go-go dance, I guess. So every city that has strip
0: club, you have to have a license for that?
1: Not every city. San Diego is actually a very conservative city in um, a liberal state. So yeah. in San Diego, you need a license. So a lot of girls in San Diego would go to Las Vegas or they would go to L.A. because there's no license required. Arizona. But San Diego's really strict. You had to pay, I think it was like 500 bucks. And like they do a background check on you. You get a month and then they mail you your license. Wow,
0: that's so strange. Yeah. Because, you know, across the, the border to Tijuana,
1: yes.
0: not only can you get stripper, but you could have sex with them. So like that's always been mystery to me. Like, why would you go to strip club in San Diego when you could get cheaper and actually have sex with the women? But that didn't really hurt. The business did it In San Diego
1: No it didn't But you know People that go to like the. Are we allowed to mention The names of these places
0: Oh I mean yeah Oh okay As like long a, as we've been Truthful then yeah Well uh,
1: because like The like Hong Kongs and Adelitas Are yeah. like the top two Um like would you call them brothels or strip clubs I guess slash brothel yeah in the entire world and they're just like 20 minutes south of where we're at yeah but the thing is a lot of military is in San Diego so they don't know about that yet and a lot of military um, I don't know about back then but I know they're really strict and letting military cross the border is that right yes so a lot of military was you know they're stuck in San Diego what do they do that's why a lot of the strip clubs are all in that one area right next to the base
0: Ah, that's why I couldn't make any sense of it because, like, why wouldn't they go down to Tijuana, you know? Because mm-hmm. many of the military bases in, in Asia, like South Korea and Japan, a lot of those kinds of business right by the base because of the yes. service in the military. But, th- you know, I bet there was a period it was okay to go down there, but mm-hmm. they probably got a lot of trouble. They got probably yeah. sick and tired of dealing with trying to get those guys out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so that explains why... The mystery. But you and I both know what really hurts strip club entertainment is the internet. Yes,
1: the internet.
0: Because men like fantasy, and sometimes it's cheaper to go to the internet to get that fantasy. Yes, and yeah. it's more
1: anonymous. No one's going to see your car parked outside. Right. Um, <clears throat> you know, you can meet in an undisclosed location. There's more anonymity when it comes to the internet. Right. So people enjoy that.
0: So you, you want a deja vu. And where was the club That you started working uh, Like you know I don't know how that works 9 to 5 or Monday to Friday Which one was the first place You started working As Um, a professional dancer
1: That's the first place I I worked as a dancer Um, And then after that I met a lot of interesting people And started to pick up Modeling gigs from that And so Um, I started doing magazines A lot of internet stuff Sure and I think that's where I found my love for the fetish world.
0: So so you were not familiar, familiar with it, but kind of fell into it. Yes. Yeah.
1: Was not familiar at it at all. I didn't know that there was a bigger world out there that men actually get turned on by these things that don't involve sex at all. Right. And I just thought it was so amazing that the psychology of it all that, you know, you can like kind of turn someone's wheel just by like eating a sandwich or something right. like it, it, I don't know it just I, I'm really into these like cognitive things or like you know these psychological things sure so it it really tickled my fancy as well
0: um, one other guy I interviewed his name is Ogi Ogas and he wrote a book called Billion Wicked Thoughts and that's something that he worked he's a um, neuroscientist and he had access to one billion internet search and after a while you could get patterns of what men are into oh. and it's pretty uh, common similar things that men are into, whether if you're a black person in Africa or Asian person in Asia or white person in Europe, whatnot, you know? Really? Yeah.
1: I'm going to read that.
0: Um, uh, Before we continue to finish stuff, um, you work mostly in Cheetah Club in San Diego.
1: Uh, San Diego, I worked the VU a little bit, but uh, I actually didn't do much... Dancing in San Diego. I was doing it in Vegas. So it was Cheetahs in Vegas and Smearit Rhino in Vegas. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. I, I I was um um intrigued because you knew so much about it, but um, I think some of the listeners probably know don't know, but um the Cheetah Strip Club in San Diego was notorious for a couple of reasons, isn't it? Like, yes. Um, the guy who owned the place, Mike Gallardi. Mm-hmm. He got in trouble what, fifteen years ago, maybe.
1: Yeah, just about.
0: They got in trouble for bribing the city council in San Diego,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um, I read that he's supposed to give money between two hundred to four hundred thousand dollars, trying to change policies regarding stri- uh, stripping business. Did you ever? You, but you didn't meet him.
1: I've never met him but I remember working in the clubs at that time I had friends that worked at Cheetahs and Cheetahs in San Diego I don't know if it still is but it was notorious for having dirtier dances so you can go to the VU where I worked at and it was a pretty clean dance like Mm -hmm. probably gonna have no grinding no one's gonna like sit on your lap all that stuff was frowned upon like I had a girl who had her boob right next to a guy's face they fired her they're like we can't have that here but Cheetahs and my friends that worked there they're saying you pretty much have to like jack the guy off
0: In San Diego Yes But Vegas is cleaner
1: Vegas is not cleaner
0: Oh it's not Okay No
1: but I remember Working there during the scandal And um, Also you were
0: Okay Yes Oh
1: that was very That was wild Because you would have 200 girls working And when they heard that How big is that place It's not big at all It's really long But I would say It's as wide As Maybe a little wider Than than our house Right But it's long I see So it feels like a Like a mall Like it's long and um, there would be, like, maybe a couple hundred girls working at the time, but when the scandal started going down, word came out that the vice, the police, you know, the vice.
0: going start, ar- 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 sorry. It's okay. S- start arresting people.
1: Yeah, and so um, when they were coming around, all the girls would be hiding in the back and there'd be just customers on the floor and there'd be no girls. It'd be a ghost town because everyone's afraid they were going to get arrested. For prostitution Because if you do a dirty dance That's not according to law You can get arrested for prostitution
0: Oh, that's considered as a sex in San Diego?
1: Yeah, it's considered as like Because it's an exchange for money for an act Even though the act is not completely sexual Someone who's holding a license As yeah. a nude entertainer yeah. they, It's kind of like like they should know better Like they right. know that this is what you sign up for This is what you take the permit test for Sure
0: well, I'm glad they're so ethical down in San Diego. <laughs> right. <laughs> so were you worried about getting arrested or or uh, cops showing up? Um,
1: I was worried about the cops showing up, but not about getting arrested. And only because cops disturb the business... Therefore, I mean, I love cops, but they, you know, it drives away business. And so it makes it hard to make money. And yeah. we were driving up on weekends and it costs us maybe a thousand dollars to work like with like room and board and everything. Sure. And we were leaving with like twenty dollars. Like it was getting really scary.
0: I just don't like about these. Uh, I mean, we, you know, we need police, you know, I yes. mean, they get, we need police because everything that you appreciate, like your property going up, it's because public safety and you're safe. I mean they're here for a reason I mean do they have a perfect track record No but mm-hmm. w- we need to have them and, But I just don't like when they pretend Like they hate going to strip clubs Harass yeah. them right Because recently within a year or two In San Diego they, have, they got in trouble for I think the strip clubs in San Diego Sued the city for some reason I couldn't remember why
1: Oh I remember that that's right Because uh, that was a deja vu scandal That was interesting. I remember that time because that was a Deja Vu scandal and then there's the Deja Vu corporate buildings that are located in San Diego and um, they're right next to all the other strip clubs and then um, there was a fire there and supposedly it was fraud Mm. and so um, they were burning down the records and then what was going on was a lot of the clubs were getting sued by the girls that worked there for not having a time clock or like, you know, regular like clock in hours. And um, gosh, wow, I forgot about that. And then like... uh, what else was happening? And they started closing them down because uh, they were starting to lose their topless, their alcohol licenses. Yeah. And then when that happened, it just killed the business and they're closing them down. That uh, I think there's only half of the strip clubs left from when I used to work there from yeah. now. And,
0: and, and I remember they thought they'd turn off all the cameras at the strip club, but they had a couple hidden away. Mm-hmm. And they were, they were getting a little too physical with the girls with the, their... Uh, Arresting and their hands were all over the girls, and like really? they were naked. Sh- yeah, so that's why when they released it, the cops were in So, like, there's been like oh. a little weird. It's this kind of stuff have all the time when yeah. there's you know adult entertainment, and mm-hmm. um, <coughs> so so that kind of stuff has been going wrong. I don't know what happened with the operation G string or stripper gate, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> it was a big fiasco, but um, you survived through it, yes, and but. Two to three years before that, there's another interesting thing about Cheetahs Club in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Two of the 9/11 September 11 terrorists used to frequent that club. Yes. Um, there was a guy named Omar El Bayumi. He has, I don't think he was clear. Has nothing to do with the terrorism, but uh, pure coincidence. He was at some restaurant in LA. Heard two guys speak in Arabic. Uh, got to friend, friendly with them. Mm-hmm. He invited those guys to move to San Diego. And those are the two guys who spoke very little, or no English, uh, were trained by Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, one of the mastermind of 9-11. Mm. And the two guys that they sent, their name is uh, Hazimi and Khalil midhar mm-hmm. I apologize to uh, any Arabic speaker, but those two guys were down in San Diego. But yeah, they were trained, flight school down in San yes. Diego. But they spent a lot of time at SeaWorld and Cheetah's Strip Club, you know?
1: They both have the same body types. I don't (laughs) know.
0: (laughs) But did did you guys... I mean, that was like a couple years before you started working there. Did you... um knew any of the girls that actually knew this, uh, the the terrorist or anything like that?
1: No. No. But I remember I actually lived pretty close in the same city as uh, where they were renting their apartment. Uh-huh. I was in the same city and then where they got their flight school was also down the street from where I lived because I always lived near the airport.
0: I see. And you know what's so weird? that the, the, the mosque uh, where those two guys were going was right by Cheetah's Club. So uh. Interesting enough. Um, so you, you, you have, come on, what an interesting club. I, I haven't been there, but now I would like to go down there to check out if Cheetah's still uh, around. Uh, you had Charles Wright, the godfather, the wrestler. You have two 9-11 terrorists there. Michael already got in trouble for bribing the city council. But most important, Cheetah was used to film Showgirls in 1995. Which oh,
1: really? Did I didn't know that.
0: 20 years ago.
1: <laughs> Sheesh.
0: Paul <laughs> Bearhoven who made this um now it's kinda considered a cult classic but yeah. at the time they were they were making fun of it. But um it was one of the highest uh revenue generated film uh due to the Reynolds uh D V D and and, and uh, cassette recorder. So it actually made shitload of money and um wow. but that's that's where they film at the San Diego. So you had all this interesting uh, background working at Cheetah and uh, competing at the Deja Vu. Did you also work at the Spearman Rhino in Vegas? Yes. So all three different places that, that you had something to do with, which, which one was your favorite one to uh, hang out?
1: Um, oh, my gosh. You know, I really like Cheetahs. But Spirit Rhino was very it was beautiful, it was very classy. The mm-hmm. women were extremely classy and I've just never seen anything like it. They had a makeup artist. They had like really? a, yes, they had a five-star restaurant. Like it was they had a boutique. It, it was I just wow. Like I felt it was really nice in there.
0: So you were um so you did work for, for Spirit Rhino, right? Yes. Yeah, and they have a very high standard. You have to be Yes. Good-looking, the body have to be, you know, yes. unbelievable. flawless. Flawless.
1: Hair has to be done. Nails yeah. were done. Like, it was... and Back then, this is before tattoos were really in, and yeah. there were, like, no tattoos, no piercings, so everyone was, like, elegant. Not saying people with tattoos are not elegant, right? but, you know, but they back had... back in those
0: days, it, it, these days, it's considered uh, cool, you know, yes. and, and uh, it's in, but...
1: Back then, it was kind of still taboo.
0: Right, so what, how, how, how did you get a job? Like, did you show up and apply, or how does it work? Like, did you have a job interview and things like that?
1: Yeah, because what they do is they audition you, but the audition is just uh, you have to wear a two-piece, and then there's a line of like 20 girls, and then you kind of like do a walk around, and then I noticed that the manager does like symbols to another guy that writes down when she's working. Hmm. So if you get the job and you're allowed to work between, I think it's like 9 and 9. That means you're like top, but then if they tell you, oh, you can only work between like, uh, like one and nine in the afternoon to like nine at night, then you're like mediocre because they want their top girls during the peak right. hours. So I was like, I was really happy to get the the peak time.
3: Right, right. And also,
1: I was there with my friends, and then they got the peak time too. So I was like, okay, we can all we can all work together.
3: Right.
0: Um. Did you um. Do you have to take a break because uh of um <laughs> your baby's here? <laughs> Hello baby, 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 baby.
2: Baby <laughs>
0: Um So you you were you were working at uh so you got the job. It's like it's almost like working for if you're a baseball player right, playing for New York Yankees, right? This is a deep place to work in Vegas. Mm-hmm. You were working there and um what was it like like uh, when you started working there? Were they pretty professional? Was there any funny business? Uh, people harassing you?
1: Um, no, it was pretty professional. I mean, obviously, it's ran by money. Yeah. So we would pay, like, I never wanted to go on stage because I was never really a stage dancer anyway. Right. So I think the entry fee back then was like $30 or $60. But then we would give the door guy like an extra 40. We would make him 100 even so he would take us off the stage list. Wait, wait. So
0: you have to pay money to dance
1: there, right? Yes. It's kind of like a booth rental. Okay. So say you're paying like a rent. So you're renting the space there so you have to pay for the time you're there.
0: So what's the most, I mean, if you don't mind saying this, uh, what's the most have you made in one night?
1: One night, I made like a little over $2,000 but that was from one person.
0: Oh, wow Because I
1: usually calculate by person yeah. So, you know, instead of like That means I didn't have to work as hard Right You know, like some people have to walk around And get like a $20 dance here, $20 dance right. there But like this is one one person
0: So like when you make $2,000 Does the club get any cut, cut of that?
1: Uh, no, they've already received their cut when I walked in. But it depends on whose room you're in. So say I was in someone's VIP room, then in the end I will tip them or I'll make the guy tip them and be like, Hey, can you throw this guy a little bit of some, you know, he let us in here and we're in here for too long. Wait, So
0: how does the club make money just from the 30 bucks that they get from you and drinks?
1: Yes, and drinks. And then... um. If you pay in credit card, then they take a percentage of that. So I see. they give you money in chips, like poker chips. Right. And then when the guy pays in poker chip or uh, in credit card, then they take I think 15% and then so I only get like say out of $1000, I get don't laugh at my math, but I think like 800 or something, right? right? And then but that's in poker chips and then when I cash those chips in, then they take another 20-15% from it. I see.
0: Um Wow, so you can put it Because I'm sure there's certain customers like, I only want Asian girls or I only want white girls or I yes. want uh, black girls or Latina, right? So mm-hmm. um, I would imagine Asian girls are probably high demand in Vegas. Yes, they? very. Yeah, well, Asian girls, Russian
1: mm-hmm. girls, Ukraine, like Eastern European... Right.
0: <laughs> Your baby's trying to hold the mic. <laughs> um, so... Um, you worked there for how long at the uh, Vegas uh, Sparrow and Rhino?
1: Um, probably around three years. Like I did cheetahs and Sparrow and Rhino sim- simultaneously, so let's say three years.
0: Oh, so they don't have a problem? You work at other clubs?
1: No, but you know, around this time is when um the whole Sin City thing started to boom. The what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, and right. they're tearing down all the family stuff. So um, they I think was it Scores New York? they start building that and then Treasures was coming up. Crazy Horse became one, two, and three. Right. So strip clubs were booming back then. Real estate was booming back then. So when these newer clubs came around, they're like, hey, if you want to work at Scores, then you can't work here. So they I started see. to implement those kind of policies around like the end of me being there.
0: And, and uh, you were working there and um, so what what prompted you to want to quit working?
1: Uh like, <laughs> yes, your daughter oh, wants to know too. Yes um well this is around when the scandal was kicking in so vice was everywhere it wasn't yeah. just at cheetahs it started going to spearmint and the money starts getting lower lower um more cops were circulating around that well why just, was it
0: going low like l- lack of a client or
1: yeah lack of clients because well it all starts because the cops are coming around the girls are afraid to do dances or go on the floor so yeah. a lot of girls weren't working as much and then guys were coming in and then they weren't seeing girls so it was just like an ongoing yeah. thing of like you know it was a uh, like a, a pyramid of like shit that was happening. Yeah. And then like you know with the internet too and Vegas, that's like you know enough said. Like we know where that's going.
0: Right. You know, you know, because this is something that you know learn, work in the adult business, and I don't know a lot of a strip club business, but you know, there's a tendency for well, <laughs> she, she's grabbing your face, um, trying to grab the mic. Um, I never really liked this thing where porn star will say, point a finger to a uh, hooker and say, well, you know, I f- do a film in front of it. I'm acting, whatever. Then stripper, and then the hookers will point fingers to stripper like, you know, like there's always They po- don't thing- like each other For yeah. some
1: reason Because uh, When I started The fetish world They're just like Ew You worked in Vegas yeah. Disgusting And yeah. they're like Puh, Gross yeah. But you know When I was working in Vegas And we were talking about The fetish world They're just like Ew You have to be like Like you have to like Touch these people yeah. Or like You know it, It's like a strange And then like When I worked in The, the fetish room And then girls that From Craigslist Were applying right. And were like Ew You're from Craigslist Gross! Yeah. Like it was weird. You think everyone would like each other, but they don't. They're <laughs> they they don't have like a mutual understanding of right. each part of the industry.
0: Yeah, because it's 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 a difficult world for women, and, and uh, you don't make as much money as uh doing the same job as a man. And mm-hmm. this is one of the fields where you could actually make more money. that's Right? <laughs> wow, you got a strong grip. Your daughter's trying to grab the mic. <laughs> um, so, did you quit sh- dancing, then you went to the fetish world, or you were doing both at the same time?
1: I quit dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a little breakdown because yeah. of, you know, the money was going down, I was traveling all that way, and it just yeah. wasn't worth it anymore, and then the last time I worked there at Spearman, I remember this guy was really drunk. Yeah. And, um, I was giving him a dance and I turned around and his dick was out. Yeah. And then he was like, come sit on it. And I was just like, fuck you. And then I freaked out. I'm like, I called security and he's like, no. And it was, it was bad. It was bad. I I went home crying, but it's funny because I was like, I would tell people like, yeah, I quit because of that. But ironically, you know, later, yeah, it becomes a different story.
0: Right. Right. um, so, the fetish stuff came first or the, uh, the website that you used to have?
1: Website was first. The website was the first thing. Because after I worked at the VU, won the competition, yeah. I met the webmaster and the girl that did my website for me. So oh, so
0: that, that was like same time with the stripping? Yes. When and, and uh, I mean, the website doesn't uh, exist anymore, but it, it's called Hot Leilani. Yes. And I didn't know until you explained to me it's Hawaiian for beautiful flowers or something? Yes, yeah. yeah. So so you must have been really, really popular on the website, right? Because this is like... That was still relatively still kind of new, wasn't it, back in those days?
1: Yes, back in those days it was.
0: And was it paying more than dancing back in those days?
1: I was around the same. Same. Yeah. But it was just... Oh oh <laughs> Sorry. It was just that the the efforts were different because, you know, the photo shoot and it was yeah. just... it's. But I think I like the interaction of people with right. the club, so... It was interesting juggling
0: the two. Wow, I'm, I'm, I'm um, amazed that you were able to hold on to your baby and then mine.
1: <laughs>
0: <my laughs> so, you, and you did that uh, website for a couple of years? Yes. What, what did you learn? There must been, it must have been really eye opening experience for you, right? Like, people will email you, maybe they even send you a gift.
1: Oh, yeah, all you, the time. you
0: probably get recognized sometime in the street. And, um, yeah, what, what, what were the, some of the memorable experiences for you? with the website any interesting
1: um well at the time I was with uh another partner and he I I dropped him off at work and then one of his coworkers was like that's your your girl yeah and he's like I jack off to her all the time I've seen her so in sad. magazines and, and then also had another incident where um my partner one of his friends was like oh um I was on the internet looking at porn and a picture of you popped up and yeah. says come see me and <laughs> So I was like, oh, like, because I don't know about the marketing aspect. Like, I don't right. know. I was just taking pictures and, you know, just waiting for the check, really. And she was the one that did all the the advertising and stuff. So I didn't know what went with it.
0: Did they Did they ever make you feel uncomfortable? Oh,
1: sorry, baby. You okay?
0: <laughs> did, 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 you were always cool. Uh, yeah, right?
1: I was always cool with it because I already knew this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm you exposing myself. So sure. this is what's going to happen. It was him, I think. Maybe that was uncomfortable, but you know, it's all good.
0: Oh, hello, Jordan. Don't cry. Um, <laughs> so she just we-
1: wants the microphone. She keeps trying to touch it.
0: Um. So you did that for a couple of years, and you did the stripping, and you worked in Vegas and San Diego, but those 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 fetish rooms, I and mean, we don't want to name names, but there's facility. Is it like a private club, or is it like a uh, like a, I don't know, massage place? I mean, how does that how does that work in San Diego?
1: Um, it's not a massage place. They um, it's like a they call it lingerie modeling studio. Okay, but that's just a front. I mean, really, it's more of like a wax shack. So guys go in there, they relieve themselves, and a lot of them have requests. So when they come in, they they um, ask for these requests like. Uh, Different fetishes like golden showers, and uh, um, I had a guy come in that was wanting a massage, and we couldn't give him a massage. It was so it just depends on your what what you like.
0: How, do, how does how it? Re- was there like a glass between you and that person, or is it like a room where you stay one side and the other person stay the other side? It's a room. Okay, because no touching were allowed, right?
1: Um, it depends on what you mean by touching. Like okay. like there's no like there's touching, but not I guess in in that Well, it's hard to explain Like, you know, if you are going to whip someone You have to touch them Or if right. you're going to kick them in the balls You have to touch them So, it's But those
0: are not considered sexual activities, obviously in the eye, of the eye of the I city. guess not But, okay.
1: you know, it depends on how you look at it, I guess
0: And what, it, what, what was, like, the border things that you could do? Like golden shower I mean, that, is that considered as a sexual activity in San Diego?
1: I, I have no idea Because a lot of this was, like trying to fly under the radar so really it was illegal because you're not supposed to be like any more than six feet close to someone if you're in the same room
0: wait so is that like a public building or somebody's house or i mean how does one find i mean you don't put an ad in there.
1: they put ads i think they put ads in craigslist too but uh it's like a private building that someone owns and okay. then a guy would walk in and say uh 20 minute 30 minute show and then you can't really explain much out there until they pay and then you bring them back to the back and then i always told them because everything has to be in code until they take their dick out when they take their dick out then you know they're not a cop so you can freely speak about anything you want but before that i just tell them hey you know you can do whatever you want we've got tissues just in case you sneeze yeah and they kind of get it
0: um so they have to read Between the lines But yes. You mean to tell me The cop never Pulled his deck out Just to be Informant or Undercover or something
1: I've heard of that before And someone actually Got um, Arrested That worked there For lewd conduct And her case is still pending I don't talk to her So I don't know Like what happened to that But I think that Wait this like, happened recently? Like three Whenever I was there Like three oh, years okay. ago or so Four years ago um, But uh yeah, like her case was is still pending, and she was still trying to fight. I think the lawyers were trying to like push it off as much as they can.
0: I see. Um, so you so you were kind of doing it when um, you met Edwin, still, or or no. uh, so you were done by then.
1: Yeah, I was done like maybe a couple months before I met him.
0: I see. Yeah. So it was meant to be. Yeah. Oh wait, she just got something in her mouth.
1: What do you have? <laughs> That's my water cap.
0: Don't put okay, <laughs> stop it yeah. um, so um it so you so after going through whole circle of different but well, these are like certain aspect of other business, I'm not that familiar, so it was mm-hmm. it's um i know we we have time restriction because we have to get ready to do a show um overall um are you kind of glad that you did it? Kind of learn a little bit about people and.
2: Oh,
1: I'm so glad I did it. So very glad because like, you know, now that I have two kids, this little grumpy one over here, (laughs) um, it's like I was never a prude and I'm glad I lived a life in which I was able to express myself sexually in a different way and to meet a lot of interesting people. But also I guess a lot of it, a lot of it, uh, is, uh, I guess I'm kind of desensitized too, so people can like. Oh, I could relate. Right, a lot do a lot of things, say a lot of things, and it doesn't phase me. And um, I don't. I, I'm just glad because it made me. It makes me, I guess, the person who I am.
0: And <clears throat> I, I think uh, we'll end in a minute or two for the part one, and we'll record when we're driving over to the show. But okay. um, I, I think. One thing I always hear guys talk about their girlfriend or wife that um, they're always afraid of talking about things that they're into, and quite often uh, they do talk about it when they go facilities like strip club or adult business, you know, because they're just always afraid of what they think. And I think I think those guys probably feel more comfortable talking to you than their wife or girlfriend. I would imagine.
1: Of course, because I'm like a th- well, I wouldn't say I'm a third party, but I'm more like an unbiased. Yeah. So you can tell me anything, and I'm to desensitized. I mean, if you want to say you want me to take a dump on your chest, I'd be like, all right, give me a minute, let me have a shake. Yeah. Like, you know, like yeah. I'm just, I, I, it doesn't face me. But there's a lot of men that have been in there that are older, and they're like, you know, I've been with my wife for 40, 50 years, and we haven't had sex in 10. Yeah. And so they're like, okay, just, oh, no, 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 no. Woo, <laughs> or just, they would be like, okay, Woo. just show me your tits or something. And they realize they can't get an erection.
0: Because they, they haven't done it in a long time. Yeah,
1: because really, if you don't use it, you really, really lose funny. it. <laughs> and so, like, and I feel bad because I'm part of this, like, I'm I'm part of this, like, revelation, you know? I'm just yeah. like, oh, shit. And, and then they feel bad. They're like, it's not you. I'm like, it's okay. It's not me. But there's a girl there that used to sell Viagra. So she would sell Viagra, and then they wouldn't have a problem.
0: Yeah, it's... it's um Women as well as men have needs and uh, I'm, I'm glad you were able to um, help <laughs> i don 't want the baby to drop the iphone um, and uh, you were able to help them but yeah that's that's a really um in, in interesting background and i'm sure i'm sure when we um, i'll try to remember to bring up a couple other things now that you're doing stand up because you're dealing that's a different animal you're dealing with right like yeah uh, uh, it's
1: similar but different different
0: um, so before we end wait so so when they ask have you done golden shower with a client?
1: Oh many times, yeah.
0: How much would you charge I mean how does that work like?
1: Um it's uh so for twenty minutes it was sixty dollars, three minutes it was eighty dollars. If you're I gonna mean, how do you
0: do you can't pee for twenty minutes, so like what what is that? I
1: became very good at it. I became um I was able to pee on command. So someone like a lot of guys who are into the golden showers they would come in and be like, Hey, can you pee? Yeah. And if I go no, then they'd be like, "All right, I'm gonna wash my car. I'll be back." And then so I'd sit there and like run the faucet, yeah. and then you know when they come back, I'm ready to pee.
0: So you, you drink a lot of water, obviously. Yeah, yes. Yeah. What, why? Why do you think some guys are into that?
1: Are into uh, golden showers? Yeah,
0: getting pissed on.
1: I think there's something about it being taboo. Yeah. That makes them feel like, ooh, like this is it turns them on but I think it's also the anticipation of it happening or like even thinking about it yeah. I had a guy come in that was like you know I've been like jacking off to girls peeing on like YouTube or uh, internet or whatever and then um, I really want to try it and so he came in and right when I was midstream, he got up and spat it out and was like this is horrible the most disgusting thing why would you ever want to do this to anybody and I was like you came in here yeah I I don't know, but maybe it was hotter in his head. Yeah, and then when he came in, he's like, "Why am I doing this?" Or but, but they, you,
0: did they like getting pissed on their body or on, on, on their face?
1: They like to on their mouth in yeah. their mouth.
0: That's just exactly what Jim Norton used to talk about. Um and, and last one is, wait, did they actually ask you to take a dump on their chest and stuff?
1: Yeah, but I was never able to poop on command. Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, many times I'm because like, you're I not tried. <laughs> yes, right? No shy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I tried. I tried. And th- I remember one guy came in. He's like, I want to buy your shit. I'm like, all right, that'll be like 250 bucks. I'll give you my shit. Well, how did
0: you come <laughs> up with that figure? I don't know. <laughs> I just
1: threw it out there. I was like, let's see. Let's see. It should have been more. It should have yeah. been like a thousand. But whatever, you know. It's my first time just trying to sell my shit. But and so he... Were you,
0: were you able to do it? Did you, so you did try once.
1: Yeah, I tried it. But the thing is, he came by. He's like, I want to buy your shit. I'm like, okay, give me time. He's like, I'll be back in five hours. Yeah. And then he never came back. So we're chilling in that... It's a small building. It's as big as this condo here. Yeah. And we were sitting in there with my shit in a Starbucks cup for like eight hours. And he never came for it. Oh,
0: so like... <laughs> I thought he wanted like ready to dump on your chest literally from your out of your ass. Uh,
1: no. Well, I've had people ask that but I could never like time do it. it. Yeah. yeah. But no, he, he, this guy would come in regularly and try to buy like tampons, use pads, sure. shit, you know, and he'd like eat it and he just never came back for my shit. Wow.
0: All right. Well, we'll, we'll take a break because your, your daughter needs the help from you and, yes, uh,
1: and we have to get ready.
0: Yeah. Get ready. So, all right. Uh, Shay, thanks for doing part one and, um, uh, part two will be a little short, but maybe we talk a little bit of stand up and you yeah. working with Edwin. So, for all sure. right, thanks for doing the part one, You're and very we'll be welcome. back with part two. Thanks. Bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening. This is part two. Uh, as you know, part one, I was interviewing Shea Montante, also known as Shea uh, San Juan. Uh, Edwin San Juan's a lovely wife and comedian, and we were supposed to continue the interview, but. Um, her daughter was screaming so much in the car. I didn't want to record it while she was screaming. And the show that we were doing in Vegas, they, they canceled the show. This is like, at this point, two weeks ago. So, unfortunately, uh, I only have Shay, uh, part that you just heard. And I'm ending that sh- epi- this particular episode with a, a second guest, um, my good friend. My funny, lovely, Rosie, (laughs) Rosalind, Tran um, First
4: of all, don't say unfortunately and then introduce me Oh, (laughs) you
0: know what I mean It's like you find something on the side of your neck and it's not a cancer It's just some pus
4: Wait, first of all, I've met Shay many times Is she Asian or she's Filipino? Filipino so mm-hmm. this is your episode where you add another random Asian chick to finish it and think the audience yeah. won't notice?
0: She passed a baton <laughs> to you. <clears throat> okay,
4: what other Asian chick can I find? All right, Rosie.
0: <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, n- numbers are always good when the Asian girls on the show. Don't oh. ask me. I don't, you know. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so th- thanks for doing it. And thanks for uh, Shay. Uh, it was a very interesting story that she told me, and please follow Shay's Twitter account and Instagram account, and I can't remember what else we mentioned in the previous part. And, of course, you could see her probably uh, several times a week during the week in Vegas at Planet Hollywood at the V Theater, opening for her uh, amazing and funny uh, Edwin San Juan, and she check him out. Every every night he's there, 9 p.m., in Planet Hollywood, very funny very, very funny, very, very
4: funny, and a hard working comedian.
0: And, and not to mention, like most Filipinos, a very nice person. Very, very, very nice. nice person. So please support them. Um,
4: and unlike some of the Asian comedians in the business, a very nice person and not a backstabber. <laughs> <laughs> I, Yoshi, I Yoshi I, is silent on this.
0: <laughs> no, I don't mind... I don't mind. <laughs> talking about talking about it, but I don't want to put you in the spot, and I want to talk on another episode. Where
4: all right, I just was giving props to Edwin Juan, who's a good yeah. guy and is very funny and has been nice to me.
0: So today, you know, like like you we were saying before, I start recording this damn thing. Um, <laughs> we don't even know what we're going to talk about. We we ha- we I re-
4: thought we were going to talk about the Wire, Yoshi, because Game of Thrones is partially on hiatus. You told me that you. Some somehow you mentioned Peter Baelish, aka Aidan Gillen, being on what the is he, wire. Irish?
0: He's Irish, right? Irish actor. Uh have to be Irish. Let me think. He's he's phenomenal in the wire. He he plays politician who later um become mayor of uh. Yes, uh, I, think, mayor of Baltimore. I think Irish. I think Irish. And then uh, sorry, anyway, that took me a really long spoiler time. Spoiler alert, but if you haven't seen The Wire uh, that's your fucking problem All right.
4: <laughs> And then You mentioned him being on The Wire And I had already seen Treme Which many of the characters from The Wire are also in And Trem- I,
0: Treme was made after The Wire
4: After The mm-hmm. Wire And I, I, had, I avoided watching Treme for many years Because I was scared to watch it
0: Because you're from New Orleans And foes representation Is that what you worry about?
4: Um One, I was afraid of false representation because many, many, many shows and and films and movies and things that are shot in New Orleans are not only horrible representations of the city, but they always give people a Cajun accent, which is northern Louisiana. People in New Orleans don't have a Cajun accent. As you know, Yoshi, you've been there. New Orleans is...
0: I really don't know. I couldn't tell the difference. I, I was just hoping I don't get robbed. So let me finish You
4: do know the difference Because you've been there So as you know Yoshi Because you've been there New Orleans is 70% black city Yeah So there is no Cajun accent It's an urban accent Uh, Just like Detroit Cajun
0: is a a bastardized French Isn't it?
4: Cajun is bastardized French uh, Acadiana Which is from Canada And mixed with redneck And as you know, New Orleans is a large metropolitan city that's majority African American. So people do not have a Southern accent in the city. They
0: and if I remember right, in um, the history of those French Protestants living up in Canada, because they fled France, as you know, the Catholic was very strong. If I remember right, yes, that is correct. And and they 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 fled France and went to Canada. And um, when Napoleon had several uh, missteps. um, they decided to sell Louisiana, which was Louisiana Purchase.
4: Which was the largest territory in the United right. States at the time.
0: And one of the reasons why he decided to sell it is because in Caribbean is that Tucson? Is that how you say it?
4: Yes. Very They're, good. The, the, the very b- good pronunciation.
0: The Black Revolt Um, the guy it was uh, militarily brilliant. He fucked that um, European incursion. I, I think they were like basically slave revolt. If I remember, I haven't read that part of the history in for a while. But very uh, good
4: history, Yoshi. Luckily, I took Louisiana history in eighth grade, so mm-hmm. I know some of what you're talking
0: about. Um, finished. So, so the so French realize they have a pressing situation in Europe, fighting the Brits, um, Russia, and so on. So they figure sell it. To Thomas Jefferson, if I remember right, but Thomas Jefferson also had like, um, which is crazy. You know, they were paying maybe, maybe I'm getting confused with. uh, Alaska. They got
4: a really good deal. It was like pennies. At the time, it was
0: a big. It was pennies on the dollar. Yeah, but at the time, they were making big stink like how much we were paying for this Mm -hmm. damn land. But, um, you know, Louisiana Purchase and when we bought Alaska from Russians, it was it was actually the right.
4: It was a good deal Yeah It was a good deal
0: Secretary under um, Lincoln was it? Seaward They called the Seaward's folly When we bought Alaska But both times Misfortune of some other countries Self-interest Was a good thing For this country So anyway We're going around and around But um, History lesson From <coughs> Uncle Yoshi
4: um, yeah, so I was I like I said, as mm. you know, people do not have a Cajun accent in New Orleans. It's mostly black people, right? So it's an urban accent, but and, it's,
0: and it's also a Southern accent. Yeah,
4: it is, but it's not Cajun. Yeah, Cajun it sounds more rednecky. So they always misrepresent New Orleans. They always rep, you know the movies are always off. They always have some weird accent. Yeah, that's not right. Right. They you know so I had anxiety to watch it also i had a lot of anxiety because i was home in new orleans for hurricane katrina and 2005, it's been 2005 I, was, right? yeah. I was i was back there visiting my family and also i grew up there and i had a lot of anxiety around hurricane katrina uh so i didn't want to watch a show that was about the recovery of hurricane sure. katrina because i had anxiety about that so i was avoiding the show for many years um and i finally decided to watch it i i love the characters I thought they did a decent job Representing some of the stuff I thought was a little bit off But they did a decent job So then you mentioned The Wire And and Peter Bielich's character uh, The actor Aidan Gillen So then I decided to watch The Wire That was a very convoluted way Of explaining why I decided To watch The Wire Like 10 years later (laughs) After The Wire is out You know how
0: (laughs) You know how they they have that uh, Ratings for movie Like 95% fresh tomato Or whatever Yeah Yeah. So what percentage of this Fresh far is this for you (laughs) (laughs)
1: for, for <laughs> <laughs> Yoshi that was horrible
4: um, Very punny Yoshi uh, For the wire or for Just uh, for the wire right
0: um, uh, For uh, Tremay.
4: Oh Because
0: um, I, I do consider you as an expert From living there
4: I would say 90%
0: Oh, so it is so they did pretty good job. They did a
4: pretty good job. Mm-hmm. Um they focused mostly on the music scene though, which mm-hmm. was the focus, which I would have liked th- to see them focus a little bit more on other aspects. They the main focus of the show is the f- the food industry and because there's a lot of five-star gourmet restaurants down there. Yeah. And uh the music industry. The music industry aspect was a little heavy? What do you mean heavy? Uh they focus a little bit t- I know New Orleans is known for its music But it was a little bit too much plot wise <coughs> I see For my take uh, I love the food the food storyline And not only the food storyline I think a lot of people in general can relate to the food storyline Because So I'm not giving anything away But uh, there's a chef on the show And she struggles with
0: whether to She's the same girl from Fear the Walking Dead, right? Yes Yeah I, don't, I forgot And she's in um, She's
4: in um, House of Cards as well As a reporter
0: And she's also in uh, um, Deadwood Phenomenal yes. She, she yes. I mean I apologize But she's a phenomenal actress
4: So she struggles with Should I stay in New Orleans and, and open a small little restaurant You know I've trained with the top chefs in the world Or should I go to New York And try to make it big Yeah And I feel like Many, 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 many people in New Orleans Struggle with this The musicians struggle with this I was dating a musician in high school And he struggled with Should I stay in New Orleans And be a New Orleans musician Or should I move to New York And try to make it big Yeah. I have chef friends that struggled with this I have actor friends that struggle with this Especially now that there's a Pretty decent acting scene down there You know, you know I have a good friend that Was in an Oscar nominated film Working down there And then he tried to move to LA to make it And he couldn't and now he's back in New Orleans. He's a great, phenomenal working actor. And so he's thinking... What's his name? Uh, I don't know if I should give his name away. Okay, okay. I don't know if I can talk about that. But he was in a, he was in an Oscar-nominated film. Right. And um, so... Uh, and he works a lot. He works as a full-time actor living sure. in New Orleans. And he tried to move to L.A. And he couldn't make it in L.A. Yet he was... He's not... A, he wasn't an Oscar-nominated actor but he was in an Oscar nominated sure. film and he's been in many 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 films
0: but that that's a two different things isn't it like being working comic or working actor simply means you're working but w- w- i mean working with a capital w in LA that's a big
4: that is uh, that, and so that, that, that that's so a that's, massively different thing so that's, thing. that's mm-hmm. a big theme in the show which i appreciate because i think a lot of people that work because new orleans is weird there's a big food industry there's a big music industry it's kind of like a mini Mini making it big, right? So, you could be a musician in New Orleans because you can't be a musician, Yoshi, in Indianapolis, no offense, Indianapolis, and be working as a full time musician. Really, you have a day job. Yeah. Y- really, you can't be a full time working musician in Savannah, Georgia. You know, you yeah. can't be a full-time working musician in in, you know, Miami, Florida. You usually have a day job. In New Orleans, you can be a full-time working musician. In New Orleans, you can be a full-time and very successful chef. In New Orleans, you can be a full-time working actor. But you're never going to be the big Like yeah. you said The big W Yeah And so that's They show that a lot In the show Which I really appreciate I only
0: saw Maybe three to five episodes So um,
4: It's slow uh, I, It's yeah. a slow show it and, and slow But
0: I, I, I will watch it again Because I have very difficult time Watching The Wire First time around I think I watched Like maybe two Three four episodes But like ooh, This is just going too slow I don't <laughs>
4: You have American ADD Yoshi
0: I, I, I quit for like a year then when I, I don't know why second time it clicked, but second time it clicked, and then um,
4: and, and it, David it, it, Simon has said mm-hmm. had he released the wire now it would have been pulled quicker. It was a little bit slower time in American TV where people keep handle up There's just
0: it, too many shows right now. but
4: many complaints that it was too slow when David Simon released it, according to many interviews with him.
0: right. But you know what's even bigger problem is too many black people. (laughs) I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. uh,
4: I know you're not joking. I'm not joking. I know you're not not joking. I'm
0: not. I'm not attacking black people. (laughs) No, no,
4: no. It's one of the criticisms. It was just funny the way you said it. It It was one of the criticisms that people said there was an all mostly African American cast.
0: That most. I'm not saying if white people didn't like the show they're racist. It's just most people are comfortable seeing themselves. Look, I'm just being honest here. Um, just like most people are attracted to their own race first you know just that's, that's that's actually normal I mean it's nothing abnormal about that but I, <coughs> but I think it was too urban too black and I think it was just like maybe it just doesn't gather enough interest um, it's interesting because white people overseas love the show I mean people in Europe love that show Crazy, Like people in UK It's just It's a beloved show In UK um,
4: And there's a lot of uh, British actors in it
0: Yes McNaughty The guy who played McNaughty Is English Stringer Bell Is an yeah.
4: English actor
0: He's an English citizen But he's I think Nigerian Or uh, 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 Famous Nigerian If I remember right
4: I don't know But he has a British accent
0: Yeah um, and, and many rumors Saying that He might be The next um, James Bond I'm be oh, joking. Stringer
4: Bell. Character or actor?
0: Actor, yeah. Uh, I'm blanking with all the names. Um, but that's um, fine. Just a matter. <laughs> so I, I do. I do want to watch it. We don't have to go too much because I haven't seen it too many episodes. But I will see it. I, li- I like David Simon. It was just music is not something that in, uh, interests me a lot. So that was kind of. I was kind of forcing myself, but I will watch it. The food part I understand. That I understand because I was there and it's tremendous the food in Orleans is excellent
4: i thought you were sleeping the whole time
0: i was sleeping and eating whenever i <laughs> have to eat i don't care about i didn't care about um, <laughs> going to music or whatnot but you know stan chen and his wife karen showed up for your wedding and he keeps saying po boy," those sandwich or something yeah it's like oh my god where is he taking me now <laughs> like, I don't know. I was just, just grumpy because I know I just got back from Europe. And I, there's so much work that's piling up. Then a couple days later, I went to New Orleans for three days. And then uh, and um, Stan was, you know...
4: Okay, first of all...
0: Everybody's paying for everything, but I'm still grumpy. First but of the all, food, I have to say, food was surprisingly good.
4: Okay, there's no surprise that the food was good. Number one... Well, it's
0: surprising because I'm, I'm, I've never been down there.
4: Number two... You should be thanking me, Yoshi, because you ended up the work was quote unquote piling up, but it was for your ex boss that you hate. Right? Who? You said you just came back from Europe and you were upset because the work was piling up. Yeah. But it was for the ex your ex boss that you hate, right? What do you mean? You were working at Evil Angel at the time, correct?
0: Yeah, but work wasn't piling up because he was a jerk. It just it was just piling up because no, I was but away. It
4: was work for your boss ex boss that you hated, right? Yeah. So you were lagging on work for your ex boss that you hated, and enjoying a free trip. Well, <laughs> you should be thanking me.
0: <laughs> P- part of the problem was um, there was a guy named Dave Aaron Clark. I don't think you remember him. He's dead now. Lol. Um, I, I, whenever I leave a big long trip, I'm way ahead. Like I go, I stay extra over the weekend. I'm already done with my 40 hours a week or whatever, but pile up work way ahead. So by the time I come back two and a half weeks or whatever... You're just even. It's catching up. But this particular trip, it pisses me off because that fat fuck claimed he couldn't do some of the work because I was away, which wasn't true. He just didn't want to work. That's, what I, that, that's why I was really annoying when I got back because if I did my part and and left all these people uh, without me being there, I didn't appreciate this seniority he created. I like, pretend like I was the problem. I wasn't the problem. I always do my work ahead of time. So And he's dead? He had a heart. Uh, he. Uh, I can't remember. There was something where he was having uh, sick, and then he was getting surgery, and then during the surgery heart attack or some stroke or something triggered he was like 400 pounds he cut. was so heavy that when he got in my car he crushed my trans uh, transmission
4: i don't know what happened something happened cut to you in the surgery room cutting cords
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what. who happened are
4: you
0: <laughs> i haven't seen you doctors like yeah i just walked out of there <laughs> I'm Dr. Obayashi. Murder, <laughs> but the, 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 but but the, the food was great, and mm. one of um,
4: what uh, happens what, is
0: what, hold on, what, it's not a ranch. What do you call it in South when you rich people have a big land with farming? Plantation. Uh, plantation. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a ranch, a slave plantation, Yoshi. it, it, it really was, but <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit, I was taken back. How beautiful those plantation was, I mean historically there's been ugly things were done to people there, but if you go if you just go and visit i you, you can, i can 't help but say it, it it is beautiful, you know, and you know what 's so weird
4: and there's a lot of history you 're a history buff
0: three hours before I was there at this particular plantation, which have uh, filmed many movies and TV show there, um, coach. Bill Belichick of the New England Patriots were there. <laughs> you know, he just won Super Bowl last year. You know, he's, he's considered, probably is the greatest NFL coach. He just happened to be there at that plantation three hours before because I overheard somebody say that. Is said, is that true? And they said, yes. Isn't it amazing? <clears throat> he's so dedicated to his work. He's looking for new talent at the <laughs> plantation.
4: <laughs> I knew you were going to go there.
0: <laughs> Another big, black, strong <laughs> man. Or England Patriots Anyway so It is a beautiful place It's just a um,
4: Okay so y- If you're not into music Treme will be a little bit Slow for you
0: Oh I know But I would
4: like to watch But there's the, a very good Story Foodie aspect Yeah and I like the foodie aspect because a lot of people do do that A lot of people go and train in New York and Paris And then they yeah. go to New Orleans where they can afford to open a small restaurant sure. And some, some of the holes in the walls and small little restaurants And small little fine dining establishments Actually have five-star chefs from around the world
0: um, And by the way, Treme is a district in New Orleans, correct? Correct, okay. it's a neighborhood And they're mostly known for the music business
4: um, it's getting Because of the TV show Actually A lot of publicity In the last few years mm-hmm. And getting More gentrified But it was actually A more Blue collar neighborhood
0: So when you were growing up It was a blue collar
4: It was a blue collar Where a lot of musicians lived Right Because musicians Usually don't make that much money Right Yes
0: Okay Well I'll, I'll definitely finish it um, You know
4: We were gonna do a wire episode What happened?
0: Yeah we will um, Ha <laughs> <laughs> but I saw Show Me a Hero Great new series Miniature series by David Simon uh, And that is
4: on HBO too, right?
0: HBO, that was fantastic K- uh, Generation Kill Another great show by David Simon I enjoyed it a lot
4: You love David Simon
0: I saw The, uh, the Wire And also Treme will be next But um, I forgot the name of it Right now um, David Simon's working on a new show It's about porn I don't know if you heard about this I haven't This is um, basically the 70s and early 80s Times Square area in New York City With the porn business James Franco is um, um, Attached to it
4: The porn star or the actor?
0: James Franco The actor
4: Isn't there a porn star named James Franco? James Dean Oh (laughs) Big difference Sorry
0: (laughs) James Franco is attached to it Um George Pelicanos, great writer. He's written stuff for, I, I think if I'm right, um, The Wire, maybe even Generation Kill. But he will be attached to this new porn project. And uh, Miss McLaren, I don't know why, I'm, I can't remember her first name, but she did multiple episodes for The Breaking Bad. And they're always the great episodes. She probably was the best director for The Breaking Bad. Um
4: I was just talking about Breaking Bad because I'm really sad that I haven't seen uh, Jesse Pinkman's character, Aaron. I can't remember his last name. Aaron Paul <coughs> doing more stuff right now. Sometimes. Why, why hasn't he broken out as a big star? He did a cheesy, like Fast and the Furious type movie after Breaking Bad that didn't go anywhere. And I, I don't know if Hollywood shelved him. He's a good actor.
0: That was a bad timing. That really was bad timing for him because hmm. imagine if he didn't make that, uh, that car movie, right? Yeah. Let's say he didn't make that movie, right? And this is very sad because I, I really love Fast and Furious series. I, I really love that series. Oh,
4: because of Paul Walker.
0: They could have brought a new character. Aaron Paul could have been that. But it was just like, I mean, how could you predict he was going to be dead? You know what I mean? Like, they were...
4: You're saying if he didn't do his car movie and then Paul after,
0: Walker... After Paul Walker passed away...
4: They could easily put Aaron Paul in that role. I, I think,
0: I think, I don't... I think he could have been a pretty good new addition to the series. I would imagine that's my feel. That's what I thought. I do this fantasy TVs <laughs> kind of like
4: fantasy it, football <laughs> kind of thing where.
0: But but it's it, it's interesting because I I think he's a terrific actor. But
4: I haven't seen him in anything. I'm upset. But someta-
0: sometimes sometimes you, you sometimes people can't translate from one thing to another. You know.
4: Well, maybe no one's giving him a chance. He hasn't been cast in anything. But he's kind of like
0: a. Some of it have to sell yourself. Some of it's timing.
4: He's kind of like
0: a. Some of it have to be somebody in position that believe in you. You know. But you never, you never know. He might be working on something right now as we speak. But it's been almost two years, and you only saw bits and parts with him. Whereas uh, Brian Cranston's been, you know, he's been in terrific couple movies, and that Lyndon Johnson played that. uh, yeah, but I, I, Brian Cranston He, was a he, he huge, won Tony for that Huge
4: star before Breaking Bad This only redefined him As a more versatile actor
0: And Aaron Did you Paul, say he was a huge star? I think he was He did very well on uh, Malcolm in the Middle But I, th- I thought he was a working act And then, and then he was um,
4: he w- To me a star is Breaking
0: some, Bad really put him At another level To
4: me a star is someone Who is recognizable You know If you're in a restaurant And you go Do you know who I am? You're not a star Brian Cranston was a recognizable actor. So Bin Laden was a star. (laughs) Pretty much.
0: Yeah.
4: I mean, he was famous. Bin Laden was famous. So, Brian Cranston was a well-known actor. You know, if you saw him, at least if you didn't know his name, you would say, oh, you're the guy from Malcolm in the Middle.
0: But I I think the Breaking Bad really made, um, you know, there's a lot of, like, character actors that people look like, oh, I recognize that brother. They don't know their names. Malcolm in the Middle, I think people would say, like, oh, that, that he plays that's the th- guy
4: from Malcolm in the Middle. He
0: plays the dad. Yeah. But Breaking Bad really made everybody know his name.
4: It did. It made people know it, his it name. Really,
0: I mean, they, it, they made it made it make sure he, you know, remember that thing he said, like, I am the danger. Remember that when he said that?
4: I don't remember. What was the context of that scene?
0: He was talking to his wife. She keeps saying, the, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're, we're in danger. And he oh, told, yeah. <laughs>
4: is in the car wash?
0: I don't remember. Uh, I just remember that speech and that look on horror—look uh, of horror in his wife's face. But
4: Well, we better get this right because you're going to get an email from an angry Yoshi Didn't I fan don't care saying, Yoshi, hiding
0: behind a Yoshi, computer. you
4: and Rosie were wrong. You were wrong. That's not what happened. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody gives a
0: shit about that, except Game of Thrones. Golly! So,
4: so apparently, listeners, some of you guys are little babies, and you've been selling, sending Yoshi emails saying that you and Rosie were saying this wrong.
0: The names, yeah. You guys were
4: doing this wrong. Calm down. We're not experts.
0: We're Obviously. <laughs> um. So anyway, I'm glad you watched The Wire. It it, it really is, um. Because we're, you know we were supposed to talk about this week ago, and I look at some of like they had the list of top ten episodes. I watched some of those. It brought some really good memories. I think my plan is I would like to rewatch it again, but I'm gonna I'm gonna leave this tr- uh, treat until I'm gonna do it as soon as I turn fifty. Fifty?
4: How old are you?
0: Four year, Four years from now.
4: Oh my gosh, fifty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> look, look at that face Boy, I wish you could see that face It's the face that you make when you're taking a giant shit
2: 50? How
4: long have I known you?
0: <laughs> 12 years
4: Oh my god, this is horrible Wow Yoshi, I was hoping by now my comedy career would have taken off I would be famous and I wouldn't have to associate with people like you anymore <laughs>
0: <laughs> guarantee, guarantee. Rosie's gonna uh, see me at her seventieth birthday.
2: <laughs> Complaining.
0: Um. So anyway, I'm I'm glad he I'm glad he watched The Wired And um,
4: well, hey, let's talk about the critique of The Wire, okay? Because I I don't know how I feel about the show. I don't know how I feel about the show. I liked it. It was a good. Uh, What is it? It was a good peak behind the inner city. I I related to it. I didn't feel like it was just Baltimore. Like I said, I grew up in New Orleans.
0: Baltimore is one of the stars. Baltimore
4: is the star star of of the TV show, but I didn't feel that it was only about Baltimore. I felt like it could have been about Detroit. It could have been about parts of Atlanta. It could have been about parts of New Orleans. It could have been... It wasn't only well, about why, Baltimore. Why
0: in there? Uh, I, I think it resonated to people from city of London, uh, Paris when they had a riot with the minorities there. Uh, it could be Calcutta, or it could be uh, you know. So I didn't
4: think it was only about Baltimore. Yeah. even Yeah, it's constantly an urban city
0: situation where these franchise people are trying to survive, and I like it because you know this this is a show that gives. It's not the type of show that gives what people want It gives what people need And it, it really makes people think And sometimes Good people are doing bad things Not because they, they, they mean to you. Um, It's not that obvious that people are good and bad in this show And also It's a lot to do with the fact that We all belong to whether you like it or not One institution or another And if there's a problem It usually comes from Like police we need police I, There's a lot of decent police There are people There, there are like people like any, all of us Any of us But there's institutional problem Isn't there historically There
4: is What I really like was all of the out of the box No pun intended Because I have a podcast name out of the box um, Characters that were thinking outside of the box To try to change the system And how Like Bunny Colvin he, I loved him. I loved his Amsterdam idea. Brilliant. He was
0: one of the main black police chief. One, of, uh, one to two seasons. And for those of you who haven't seen the show, basically he, he decided that, that they have a better thing to deal with. So basically, gave a couple uh, blocks in Baltimore where they were kind of blind eye to drug trade.
4: And uh, they were vacant. There was the least amount of harm that can be caused. Mm-hmm. They were far enough away from schools. And they, quote, unquote, kind of legalized uh, drugs in that area and sure. and did not allow people to be arrested. They said, just keep it in that area. Right. So I thought he was brilliant. I thought that there were many, many characters in the show that tried so hard to think outside of the box and then were crushed by the system. Yes. And, and then in the end... I felt like the whole. I don't care about spoiler alert. Sorry, guys. I felt like the whole final scene when um, Officer McNulty, who's one of the main characters, is flashing to all the new characters. It's like all the work that he did, all the work that anyone did to try to change the situation, nothing was changed. Right. Because all of the young junior high kids were now the new drug lore, Avon Barksdale's and Bubbles, and they were the new ones.
0: Those are the major characters. And basically, it's like... It's a similar situation when you find terrorism. We always hear, like, every other month, New York Times whatnot, oh, we killed the number two or number one or number three in Al-Qaeda. Well, number well, four
4: well, comes up and number yeah. five comes up and becomes the new you, number
0: one. You, yeah, you kill them, but the reality is you you, you they'll replace them with somebody new. So... Um,
4: so basically what happens is that they they take out these major drug dealers that they've been fighting and then new, new people come up right. and become new. So there's no, you can't, you have to have extreme institutional reform and really go outside of the box to make change. But in the show and in real life, when you try to institute extreme out-of-the-box changes, there's resistance from the system And then it pulls you back into the system
0: Right Some of it is because the, 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 They're just uh, terrible people But sometimes It could be stupidity Or or it's stupidity, uh, misguided It's, or misguided, it's, or it's or
4: incompetence It's a misunderstanding It's people being so used to the system That they are comfortable in the system
0: Or sometimes two Groups of people who are decent They don't agree with the solution Do you remember the episode where it was the beginning of scene of the one particular episode where there's two two different rooms. There was a, like a disc stuck in the middle of, of the doorway. And there's two group two different groups of people on each side trying to move that disc out of there. And they can't figure out why the disc is stuck in a... a Just so dr- you
4: guys know, he's saying desk, but Yoshi's Japanese accent is very thick. Desk. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a disc, a floppy disc, a desk.
0: Desk. <laughs> and...
4: Sorry for 2 seconds I was like what are you talking about Yoshi?
0: <laughs> and he- here's the thing they didn't communicate with each other they're pu- they're both pushing in the same direction so it just stay immobile because they just assumed that the
4: what, one side assumed the desk was going out and the other side assumed the desk was going in so they were both pushing it against each, each other, other and they were not moving. So
0: I thought that was a good good I thought that was a good metaphor uh that Sometimes people who are good don't agree with the solution, right? Like, um, or
4: sometimes people who are good don't know what the common goal is.
0: Common goal, or or they think whatever the solution that they provide is actually not good. They're mis- misguided. For example, you know there was a shooting a couple of days ago. In you know this is going to be dated by the time we release it, but what is it? Oregon. In Oregon. There's nine people dead. And. <clears throat> You know, there's gonna be uproar, there's gonna be parents very upset, friends and family members. Of course, this is a, a, a terrible. And pe- the victim's family or friends, they're gonna get involved trying to change the law. But it's that's a really tough one tough thing to change. And it's, it's I know I have friends in Europe always pointing fingers like why why you guys are so stupid, this and that. It's it's a lot more complicated. They don't live here. It's easy for them to say that. First of all I think it's really unfair to trying to pinpoint people having guns as the bad people. You know, I just don't believe that. I don't know what your position on that, but um, I I I don't know the solution, and I definitely don't know what to do in that situation. But all I know is that people, both people who are for gun control and gun rights, it's just an awful feeling. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's absolutely awful, awful feeling. And um, It's such an ingrained part of our culture Having a gun So I don't don't like this cheap shot Like attacking every gun owner Like a nut I don't believe that at all You're from the south So I know there's more people with guns There
4: are But I just don't understand Why we can't do strict background checks I just don't understand Why? Why is that I, I I understand being against someone who's saying we can, You can't carry a firearm at all I understand that point of view And I understand the, the point of view of the opposite side Saying I, I have a right as an American citizen To yeah. carry a firearm I agree with both of those sides I don't understand why you can't do a mental illness check That's all a lot of people are asking for Is just do I, a background check Make sure the person isn't wackadoodle
0: I think Okay. So I think
4: that's a common sense the approach to just make sure that the person is not a felon or psycho.
0: I think realistically, only way this is ever going to change that it's got to be somebody within the gun rights people bringing this up because anyone anyone outside of it, you know, it's it's kind of like when when we when the Nixon went to China, he was such an anti-communist person and they, you know, they just thought uh, betraying Taiwan would be terrible but it had to come from somebody with a huge anti-communist credential kind of tricking his party by going to China to open a relationship, right? So I think if we're ever going to have a change with You're the, saying it has to come within the community I, I think it's got to be somebody who has a credential in conservative movement and, and a gun rights to do that because I have a hard time believing that every NRA members have that 100% strong feeling like never never have a background check and things like that. I don't I don't really believe that. I think maybe they're just silent or maybe they're afraid to talk, but I I do believe they're Different people think differently, but we all feel the same. Like losing someone in innocent. I, I don't care who you are, gun or no gun, is it, a terrible feeling. So pointing fingers it's probably not the uh, way to do it. But I, I think, I'm hoping it, it does change. But what's, what's the definition of sanity? Doing the same shit over and expecting different results. So conservative get very defensive. And liberal point a finger at him Well, we saw, we saw this playbook a year ago Five years ago, ten years ago When Ronald Reagan got shot A president gets shot He didn't even try to make changes Because, you know But I, just, I, I think it's going to change I don't know when
4: I just don't understand It's like, just put a law in place That says you have to do a background check Yeah And then if someone buys a gun With no background or history Of yeah. being having any mental health disorders Or any felonies And then they go and kill someone you can say well we did our part we can't control everyone
5: you
0: can't
4: we can't control everyone we passed the law and if you want to go kill someone set a fire burn their house down shoot them to death hey we can't control every there's 310 million people in America we can't control them but we passed the law we did our part sorry that's all we can do
0: yeah and I'm all for gun ownership and I definitely don't have problem at all with background check you know and um, I, I don't once they pass that, I don't know how you implement something like that. You know, They would
4: just have a database with information. I mean, I just, I feel like it's, I'm not against completely banning guns. I know people that hunt. My brother-in-law hunts. My cousin hunts. You know, I'm from the South. So I, I understand people having your guns. job
0: hunt, yes.
4: <laughs> I understand people hunting. I understand being in a remote area or yeah. living in a farm town and someone could trespass on your, I get it. I'm not 100% left-wing anti-gun. I also but
0: believe me because if you live in New York City or LA, if you call cop, relatively speaking, they'll be there if something horrible happened. Yeah, know? and
4: if you're in a small farm town, it's going to take an hour. If you're in the
0: middle of nowhere in Texas, you don't have that luxury. So I, I want people to know that it's necessary to have guns in some parts. I'm sorry, you know, you know, maybe you have never been to the states, uh, or if you live here and born here, maybe you never live in those areas. But some parts in this country. Um, it will be insane Not to have a gun
4: No I get it But I also get the other Point of view as and well And I'm not saying
0: I had a gun or not <laughs> When I was illegal alien I'm not saying <laughs> If I had a gun or not That means I'm, yes I'm just saying <laughs>
4: That means yes
0: <laughs> I'm just saying I live in a certain neighborhood I think It will be kind of Nutty not to have a gun That's what I'm saying
4: I just think There's a middle ground And I think mm-hmm. Both sides are extreme
0: I think I think Complete
4: banning Is extreme And complete freedom Is extreme
0: I, I think I think uh, I'm okay with the compromise I think when I was younger and stupid I'm, I'm,
2: <laughs> I'm older and
0: stupider But, but I, uh, I'm sure there's some Ideological reason why they have those feelings But I don't have that strong feeling about that So um, if they agreed And they implement some policy That is acceptable for most of the NRA members I don't know if that's ever going to happen But I hope it does happen that uh, we'll get it done Look Compromise Is just part of a life You know It just we don't You can't always get What you want Sorry You know
4: I don't know I'm kind of going extreme After after watching The Wire uh, I'm kind of going extreme After watching Game of Thrones And I'm kind of going extreme After watching all these uh, Laws being put in place And mm-hmm. watching America Make the same dumb mistakes Over and over And over and over again You know Maybe we need to go back To Game of Thrones time And if you do something stupid you're kept alive. Your head's cut off, and it's put on a spike for everyone to see. Maybe we need to use fear mongering. I don't know because obviously these idiots aren't getting it. There's been five or six mass shootings. Maybe instead of shooting them on the spot, we need to say, you know what? We're going to do this uh, old school style. You're actually going to be kept alive if you do a mass shooting, and we're going to cut off. Would you, would you, we're going to torture you, uh, Ramsey Bolton style. Uh,
0: would you? Would you? Would you agree? Would you agree that we don't we don't have unlimited resource, right? So I
4: I agree we don't have unlimited resources. First of all, I'm 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 not that I'm upset that you're not as excited about my Ramsey Bolton torture reference. No,
0: I mean,
2: <laughs> if if, if
0: uh, <laughs> I'm I'm a pretty goofy, so I understand that that's a that's a fun thing to say. That's, it- a, that's a fun thing to say And fun, fun thing to hear Emotionally Right <laughs>
4: you actually just got a boner
0: <laughs> It's, it's kind of like The same dumb thing Donald Trump is saying I think he's entertaining I think it's fun To listen to him Because I love wrestling <laughs> Right I, I, But listen to me Okay so how I, I, I love it but
4: how many mass shootings have we had now in the past year we've had already three we need to not kill these guys on the spot well let me need to keep them and torture them in public and say any of you motherfuckers that want to do a mass shooting you're going to be kept alive and torture ramsey bolt bolt and and there's not going to be any more mass shootings after that i swear to god
0: um (laughs) because people's fear of pain is more let me let me address that um of course, that's a problem. Uh, but, but, but what I was trying to say is unlimited resource. Um, you can't you can't solve everything, right? Sometimes being a, a wise policymaker is what decision they make to solve certain problem. You figure out which one will give you the most uh, return on the money and time you spend something to solve. So yes, you're absolutely right. <laughs> i don't want to get see people get killed but if you look at the number of people get shot for one of those random or uh, crazy shootings versus other ways people die i could imagine um i could save more more people's life dealing with other problems right it's just not sexy thing to do
4: i understand More, more people get more
0: people get killed by car accident more people probably die from overeating and Yeah but
4: that's Here's the thing that people get so mad about mass shootings If you die because you're overeating It's your fault If you die in a car accident Okay maybe it's one or two people This is someone who's going out of their way To hurt innocent people for no reason First of all if you're a miserable fuck And you're depressed And, and never gotten laid And you're a total loser Just kill yourself Why are you going to kill innocent people? Kill yourself or Well go-
0: Rosie why are you attacking me? <laughs>
4: Okay, could, because then you're just taking out one victim And you're freaking a miserable lonely person So we're better off without you But you go and you kill innocent people Who are out there trying to better themselves That that pisses people off
0: The, the reason why I say what I say And I know this is not answering uh, Problem with the massive shootings And things like that Because if I have a 10 million dollar And I want to try to end that I could ask certain Reforms but the reality is, I think even if you spend all that money, the chance of you actually changing policies is pretty remote. I'd rather spend $10 million in something that will actually have a practical result right away.
4: Which is why if you got $10 million, I wouldn't let you touch it and I would invest it for you, Yoshi, because I don't trust you with money.
0: I think <laughs> I, I think sometimes people want to throw money to a problem. They ended up like wanna, only want to feel good about putting throwing money, but not... Receiving actual practical result It's
4: not an efficient use of money
0: it's, it's just I just don't believe in that And it's, it's not a very sexy thing to say um, You know There's certain <sighs> Uncle
4: she's getting very serious guys
0: <laughs> One of the uh, people that I like Is this guy named Vion Lomberg, Lomberg Maybe I'm not saying it right but he is policymaker in Copenhagen.
4: I thought his name was Bjorn or something. Bjorn. Bjorn.
0: And Bjorn? He basically said...
4: We've talked about this before. before yeah,
0: later. I think. He basically said he'd rather put money, $1, in some solution where it gives you $10, 15 20 $30 return for every dollar you put it in versus something else just because you're exactly. emotionally reacting to it. Even though if for every dollar you put in... Maybe you only get five dollar uh, a five cent of return, you know, so uh, I don't have a solution for the shooting thing that's that that that's a complicated thing it's it, it 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 takes probably more time and uh effort to change, but I'd rather put ten million if I had access to something like that where I cannot spend money on myself, but something like Ending malaria, I mean, boy, you talk about putting a dollar and giving massive return saving people's lives, you know what I mean? Or um, AIDS or something like that, or clean water. These are not very sexy thing to put money in, but I'm one of those, I'd rather put money that gives you massive return and save more people. I'd rather do that. Uh, that's why I'd rather put money in Africa. I mean, believe me, anyone who heard me, it's not like I say all kinds of horrible things. You know, use N-word and terrible things. <laughs> you know, it's not like exactly that I'm the most, but uh, spending time with my friend Joy Kurtzman and talking, and listening, reading stuff on Beyond Lombard. Uh, for edi- every dollar in the, many of the problems in Africa, boy, you talk about boom. You talk about getting a lot, a lot for your dollar for social entrepreneurship. I'd rather do that, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't even fucking live in Africa, but I'd rather get biggest return on my dollar that spent on. Helping a better making the world better that way, uh, shootings, you know, it's it's it would only cost a hundred dollars
4: to pay me to stab one of those assholes um, and make a mockery of him.
0: It It's it's
4: by the way, I don't think it, I can it, ever it, run for politician because someone because they'll always be able to quote a Yoshi didn't episode that I did where I said something ridiculous.
0: Um, <laughs> I think it's I'm, I might put in an abstract level, but I think. Part of it's mental illness, but I just think we love violence in this country. I don't know if you, know, <laughs> I don't know if you heard the news, Rosie Tran, U.S. History 101 through whatever. But we love violence, and we have a different historical background compared to Europe, and whatnot. The frontier mentality, gun is just unfortunately it's here to stay. I, I just know every time they t- pass a tougher gun law, as you know unintended consequence a day before they passed the law everyone go and get that guns see they weren't planning to buy those guns
4: why are you totally sweeping under the rug my comment about torturing people I, I kind of am being serious I know, your, fa-
0: I know your father's uh, <laughs> tortured during Vietnam War. I'm
4: kind of being serious
0: I'm, I'm very serious too but I don't think torture works I mean Everyone watch, I'm not
4: talking about torturing. Everyone watched
0: 24 So they, no. they think it works <laughs>
4: Torture doesn't work For getting out answers I'm not talking about Torturing someone To get answers That has been Scientifically proven Through many many statistics That torturing To you get answers You just doing it because
0: uh, It's almost like The stuff I do Like revenge right
4: No it's not for revenge You're not listening to me I'm talking about Old school Game of Thrones style Putting a head on a spike Because Here's the thing
0: But how do you do that In an Oregon situation He killed himself
4: no, he didn't. He was. Sh- this is why you're not listening to me. He was shot by police.
0: Okay, so he's dead.
4: Yes. So in the, so but, but this does, is what, what I'm saying. But, but
0: what does the torturing do? Because
4: anything? because you're again you're not listening, Yoshi. B- because what happens is they try to shoot these guys in the spot to kill them. Right. To stop it. Right. A lot of these guys are Doing the mass shootings because their life sucks and they're miserable, and they want to either make some type of martyr statement, yeah, where they're glorified, yeah, they're either glorified or they make the news, yeah, or they, they and they know they're either going to be taken out at the end because yeah. they're cowards or they're going to kill themselves in the end, right? So, the torture is actually keeping them alive, that is more torture to them. And physically torturing someone and keeping them alive and keeping them—actually, the worst thing you could do. Are you—are
0: you—are you suggesting that if you torture them, it will prevent other others from doing it? Yes, I don't know, I don't know if that's really.
4: Yes, because a lot of these guys—they're cowards, and they think that they'll either kill themselves once the cops come. I
0: just think if they're crazy, uh, I mean, I don't. Crazy sounds vague. I mean, <laughs> if, if they're mentally ill. I don't think if they're mentally ill, they don't necessarily think rational way. I don't know if the prospect of torture is going to stop them from doing something like that. I'm not very optimistic on that on your proposition.
4: I think it would, Yoshi. I think because it's happened. I'm not
0: not arguing with you. I just I think I think they're just crazy because they're crazy and
4: they've done it in other countries. But but the problem with torture is a lot of other countries, like you know, for example, Mm -hmm. you know, Saddam Hussein, he would do it to innocent people, but. It did prevent people from, you know, it's a fear technique, but I'm not saying torture some random, like, good person. I'm saying torture someone who's committed mass murder.
0: Um, Let's say we live in this uh, dictator land run by Rosie Tran. First of all,
4: that would be a very wonderful, booming economy Yeah. with no problems.
0: But, you know, there's always unintended consequences, you know, like sometimes they ended up torturing somebody that could have been innocent or... You know,
4: no, you're torturing someone who's been caught with a gun, killing multiple I, people. This I is specific situ- situation. But I
0: don't. I, I I have a lot of respect for police, but I sometimes question their competency. You know, like in it makes me feel good emotionally to po- file those policies, but in the actual practice. I just. Don't
4: I'm not talking about torturing an everyday murderer. I'm not talking about torturing mm. a, a regular guy who just murders someone. I'm talking about someone who's caught. Yeah. At a school with a machine gun killing. If
3: you
0: if you're doing it to prevent somebody from doing it, I don't. I really don't know. Shooting
4: him in the leg instead of the heart or the head yeah. to take him out, keeping him alive, torturing him on national TV and saying, "Motherfuckers, if anyone else decides to do a mass shooting, this is yeah. what's going to happen to you."
0: I don't. I, I just think they're not rational people, and I don't, I I have very much doubt if they're going to, especially the ones already planned to die. I don't know. But
5: they're
4: not going to die. That's my point. If they're planning to die and you keep them alive, that's even more torture.
0: It's, 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 um, it's, it's the same kind of talk like, boy, if I had my gun there, I could have stopped that guy. But yeah, I mean, I think if, <laughs> once again, it just sounds to me, I, I don't know I guess I would never know for sure Until they implement that policy And there
4: was a guy there That did do that But There I was d- a there was an ex-military That went up to him And tackled him
0: Yeah he got shot like five times or Five something. times yeah.
4: So there is a guy there That's not so obscure
0: Um Hey guys, so sorry to end the episode abruptly once again. Uh, this is with uh, Rosie Tran. Um, I ended it because we just continue and talk a bunch of nonsense and gibberish, mostly because it was my fault. So I just figure ended there. And um, thanks for listening to that part one with Shay Monte and part two with Rosie Tran. And um, I'm just hoping that I could get uh, the series done by at the end of the year. Sorry for it just I've just been dealing with a lot of different things. So uh, I hope it's not irritating a uh, few of you who are still listening to the podcast. All right. Thanks for listening. And talk to you guys soon. Bye.
3: Just gonna stand there and watch me burn. That's all. Right.
5: I can't tell you what it really is I can only tell you what it feels like And right now it's a steel knife in my windpipe I can't breathe but I still fight While well, I can fight As long as the wrong feels right It's like I'm in flight High off a of law, drunk from my hate It's like I'm huffing pain I love what the more I suffer I suffocate Right before I'm about to drown She resuscitates me She fucking hates me used to get 'em. Now you're getting fucking sick of looking at 'em. You swore you'd never hit 'em, never do nothing to hurt 'em. Now you're in each other's space, viewing.